Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. I'm going to use the old, uh, we will be discussing all aspects of addiction and recovery and how they affect our communities, families, and the relationships within them. Join us for how answer, yeah, join us for answers on how 12-step recovery can work in the lives of addicts and their families. Oh, wow. That's been a while since I've heard that one. You're supposed to be saying it starts by looking in the mirror when I'm pointing at you. Ah, well, I don't have the paper in <laughs> yeah, front of me. Yeah. I figured it was just like, I mean, we did that. How many How many years in a row did we uh, say that for? Geez, Quite a, few. a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. We Looking bet, in the mirror. You know, we, we had a guest on last week, so we had to get right to it. But um, I just wanted to take a little time. Uh, we, we re-upped for another year. So we'll be on for another 54 weeks with vacations. I mean, with uh, with holidays, it extends a little bit past that. But, you know, it's only because I see the numbers on a weekly basis that it motivates us to come back. You know, if it was that we were talking to ourselves, a lot of the, a lot of the years that we were on terrestrial radio, we had no clue if someone was calling in. I mean, uh, how many people were listening unless someone called right. in? You know, because we were off hours, they didn't monitor um, listenership. Well, how would they know anyway? Uh, well, I think they can tell, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, 6 to whatever, because of uh, almost like a Nielsen type thing uh, with okay. with TV. I don't even think they do that anymore. Do no, they? I don't think they need to now because everybody's got smart TV, so you and, can see the IP address. Yeah, and plus everybody's uh, it's it's cable. It's not. I mean, right, I think Nielsen. They used to put that box, and you right, have to click right. in and out. Yeah. Yeah, I did that one time. Did you? Yep, we were a Nielsen family. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, I remember I I remember getting things in the mail. But I don't necessarily know if it was maybe the new system. It wasn't the old system because we were already in cable. I was, I was living down here, and I think what it was was just a, uh, a formatable questionnaire right. that they could say, "What do you listen to most, and what do you watch the most, and all of that," and, and that's how they tracked it then. But I'm sure they're far more superior. But getting back to our audience, um, I'm so grateful when I see the numbers of people who are not only listening in the United States. And Ireland, because those are our two largest communities of of, uh, of audience. But when we see one-offs from name name a country, Uruguay, um, you know, Indonesia, or, Indonesia, Russia, it it just blows my mind that there yeah, are people out there that our I, voice is getting out there that deep and. And that just motivates me to, to to keep sharing our experience, strengths, and hope and hope with with addiction and recovery. And I would love to have a far more interactive audience than we do. But I'm okay with you just listening. You know, I, I'm great. When I look at the numbers this afternoon from last week's show, um, it, it, it got me uh, a little bit. Um, Oh, very grateful, but a little bit 
um, I, I'm lost for the word, but I felt very humble. Oh, yeah, emotional. You know? Yeah, yeah. Emotional. You know, that the message is getting there and that, you know, that people want to hear what what we have to say and what we've experienced. And maybe, just maybe, it will help. If it helps one person, then then we're doing our job, and that's why we're here. Well, we, we know that we've helped one person. Well, we've had to have. Yes, I hope you so. Know? I, hope I so. mean, I, I, go to, I go to bed on Monday evenings thinking that we touched at least one individual yeah. from the thousands or however many were listening to us live around the world. Um, because, it, because it does me good to know that it was, it was well worth the show. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm so grateful for our listening audience. And if you don't want to call in, that's okay. Just send it an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. Let us know about your experience listening and let us know if you want or are looking to hear from any guests. We're going to actively chase guests again. We went, we went through a period where we almost had somebody every single week on the show. Right. And I think what happened was is we lacked our interaction right. between each other to, to do that. So maybe what we can do going into this year is every other week or, or two a month or one a month or something like that. And uh, we ultimately do have Dr. Carice coming back on. She was on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, she'll she's going to be on next week, She'll right? be on next Monday. Yeah, she'll I be have able some to, questions for her. Yeah, she'll be able to finish her. Uh, I'll just let you take the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do have questions. Yeah. and, and We, did, we was, didn't even get to the stuff that I'm interested in. No, so and she had a lot of knowledge in, yeah. that, in that one little hour. And that's the only bad thing. It's an hour. An hour. It, yeah. it, it is what it is. You know, um, Sirius XM wants to take us on three days a week. Uh for four hours, I'm willing to go. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just yeah. threw that name out there. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm happy and we're happy where we are and on the platform that we get our message out at. Um, but on and above that, you know, we're, we're open for, for discussion. Yeah, I think sometimes people are are scared to talk about it. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. reluctant, you know, to put themselves out there and say, this is happening to me. Well, we or this has a, happened to my family, and, and right. I don't know how to deal with it, and everything's falling apart, because that's basically what happens. Right. We were on a small radio station in West Palm Beach, and I reached out to this individual, um, Mike Rayleigh, his name, you know, Miracle Mike. He's a uh, four-time cancer survivor, and purchased ra- the radio equipment that we're speaking on now. Yep just so that we could get a greater audience. And the gentleman that we were doing the show with um, didn't want to be part of it, and we had moved on and on and passed. And ultimately, he, Mike became the producer of our show. We would, we would come into the studio, do a segment. It was, it was canned. We'd do a segment. He would, he would take out the ums and ahs and all the pauses <laughs> and everything noise. else that we did. And we were on a terrestrial radio station in Las Vegas for a long time. We were on, and then his show was on either prior to or directly after. And his was a nostalgia show. And they reached out, like they were, they were um, what do you call those? Uh, I lost the word. Um, I'm lost for words here a syndicator that reached out to him for his show and he had said we're a package deal 
And all these syndicators were like, yeah, yeah I don't know if not people talk are ready about that. for, yeah. Boy, I bet they would be now. I'm so sure many they more would people be. have come into the fold, unfortunately, so to speak. Yeah, that was that was quite a few years yeah, ago. It was uh, it he, was really sort of right when all of the opioid stuff was just beginning and just starting to be talked about. Right. And you know, now it's so common you can't really meet anybody who hasn't been affected by it. You can't go to the store without no. hearing somebody talk about it. And, you really and it's, can't. You know, over over your shoulder conversation, somebody says, Oh yeah, you know, little Stevie from around the corner yeah. or it's like oh, it's it's right in your face. I mean it's it's on it's the TV. Everywhere. Well, you know, yeah, did you see sixty minutes on I Sunday? Did not. I did not. They had a dad. They've they've been doing a segment on the opioid crisis just about every week. And they had a dad whose son well, they were they were talking about the fentanyl that's coming in from China. Right. And they Which ultimately well, it, stopped, right? Well, I mean They found the a father and son that were the biggest shippers to the US but they found all of these IP addresses you know you can just get on your laptop or your phone and ask for it and they would ship it to you oh, and yeah? yes and they kept they kept making you know the government would make them change one little thing molecularly but it wasn't it still was as yeah, potent as they yeah. were looking at in like double triple plastic little tiny bits of fentanyl they had plastic gloves and a medic in the corner in case one of them somehow ingested it anyway it's that powerful and they said the amount that they had which was not even enough to cover this segment of the desktop that i'm looking at very Mm -hmm. small was enough to kill every person in cleveland ohio wow but they had this one dad and i guess his son had been an addict for a long time. He was a 15-year addict, so he knew what he was doing when he was shooting up, and he got some of this, and he didn't even finish shooting up, and he was dead. Well, you, you know, it's, you just said something, and he knew what he was doing when he was shooting up. Yeah, he was I, an I experienced can, I can addict. Tell, yeah, experienced, quote, unquote. Um, th- there is no experienced addict. We had no clue what the hell we were doing. We thought we knew what we were doing. We, we were walking towards death brazenly, like, like you said. He knew what he was doing, and he didn't even finish. Apparently, you know. Well, apparently this drug is made into things that look like the pills. And people think they're getting the pills, and they're not. They're getting fentanyl. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting it. It's um, crystallized or whatever. Yeah, it takes a grain, but they press them into pills, and it looks like, you know, Oxycontin or whatever it is. Yeah, it's and it's the full potency versus, yeah. It's literally killing people in droves. You know, we're up to 194 a day. What I don't get about that. Is, I mean, you know, monetarily, yeah, I get it. But what is the motivation from from people in China where they where they're sending it this way, fully knowing that they just right. pressed a million pills today? They're killing four million they're killing people. people. They actually found these guys yep. and tried to interview them, and there was a woman who kept yelling at them, you know, in Chinese to shut up. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. I don't understand how any human being could do that, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. So anybody who is, you know, thinks they're getting something, it may very well be something else. And the other thing they said, and we've talked about this before, is, of course, all the addicts, when they hear that somebody has overdosed, rush to find out where they got the drug because they want that ultimate high experience. So if you if you hear of someone that's overdosed, you're going to want to go where and get it where that guy got it because it, maybe it won't kill you and you'll get even more high. 
Right. And he said when his son died, all of his friends were trying to find out where he got it. Well, I mean, I told you stories about I, I grew up in the city of New Bedford, and we were, you know, at that time, they were they were glassine bags. They were like little stamp bags. And what they did was they put a stamp on it that said Blue Moon, Blue Moon right. Power 95, all kind of silly uh, Puro and all of that stuff. And not knowingly, what the news would do, would they would say, in Brockton tonight, six people overdosed yeah. on this product. So everybody would rush to Brockton to say, those guys were lightweights and watch, we'll <laughs> yeah. be able to do it. They we don't can know do what it, they're it'll doing. be great. So did we really, were, were we really professional addicts? Did we really know what we were doing? Absolutely not. We were chasing towards death. That's the only thing that we really knew was chasing towards death. Everything, everything to get to that act was getting us to that purpose. The, the utopian high, the, the, the lure of the utopian high is apparently stronger than the fear of death. And that's what's happening to a lot of people. Nuts. I'm so grateful that, that, that that's over with, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't have to engage in any of that behavior anymore. You know, I, and I, I, I still claim uh, being a recovering addict because that's how I was taught to, taught to share. And, and hopefully that gives someone else a little wisdom on their journey. But. I am so grateful that the obsession and the attraction and all of that stuff is gone. I mean, if anything, I see it on TV, it it turns my stomach because because it's a good remember when for me. Um, it doesn't entice me like it used to when right. I first got clean. I couldn't get away from it because subconsciously or even consciously at that time, um, I still didn't know if I wanted to be part of the journey that I'm on. Right. I'm so grateful that I am today. Well, you you stayed the course, which is what I guess you have to do through the unpleasantness, through the uncertainty, through the cravings, through all of it. And I know just from watching a loved one go through that, how hard that is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know if it's the thought of, well, I can do it just this once, or if it's the thought of, I don't care, I'm going to do it and the consequences be damned. I don't know. Now, I don't know if my parents or, or brothers and sisters could say they knew exactly the day that I, for lack of a better term, crossed that bridge into recovery, right. you know, because I struggled for a long time. I don't know. See, because I can't say. I right. can't determine the date that I woke up and said, you know, today's a good day and I'm done. Get me, get me to where I need to go. Well, it's more of a process. It seems yeah. to me like you, you, you go in fits and starts and things are bad, and I'm sure you think about it, and maybe things stay bad for a while because y you have to handle life on life's terms, and that's a very hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. And, a lot you know, if, if you've been, yeah, yeah. And if it's been blunted for a long time because you're getting high and you're busy in the pursuit mm -hmm. of the drug and the high. You know, your time was taken up, no matter how bad your life got. But what it still about, had something of a purpose, I guess. Yeah. What about with them? Did you did you notice when she kind of woke up and was free from the active bond of addiction? No, I didn't. Um, there were a couple of small relapses, one of which I stuck her into a facility uh -huh. for a week, and then... They called me and said, well, you know, she's done. 
and she didn't want to go to rehab. <laughs> and, does. you know, I said, uh, well, she can't come back here. And they brought her anyway and dropped her off in the front of the house. I was surprised they just didn't put her outside the door. Well, that's what they did. No, no, I mean outside their door. Oh. Yeah. Well, I thought that's what they were going to do, and I actually thought about it and was driving over there. And when I came home, she was sitting in front of the house crying, and so I started crying too. And I think that's the last time it happened. You know, she said she was sorry. She was still in school, thank yeah. God. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they let her take that week. And um, No, was this, was this after... Yeah, I, I think I called you whining and crying about it when yeah. it happened. It was over two years ago. Yeah. But, you know, she still was very unhappy for a long it, time it, after it, well, that. Yeah. It takes a while. You I know, mean, she was she was working towards something, uh-huh. you know, and, and she had that. But, you know, the rest of her life, she didn't really have friends. You know, who could she be friends with? Um, her reputation in the town we live in was pretty much trashed because everybody knew. Anytime she got arrested, it was in the paper. Right. Um, so all of it was very difficult for her. Very difficult. But she she persisted. She found a passion. And she worked toward being able to do that for a living. And that's what right. she's doing. I mean, I don't think every day is good for her. And she's not making a huge amount of money. But she likes no, what she does. No, but you know something like you said. She found a purpose. Like when I, when I got ultimately got clean, um, I had... A purpose. There's a lot of people who don't. There's right. a lot of people who have done so much damage that when they ultimately surrender, when they ultimately hit their saturation point, um, I don't want to say what is there to live for, but what do they have to motivate themselves to now, what's, get? What replaces that now? Right. You know, here I am. I've wrecked my life. I wrecked my family. I'm trying to do the right thing. And boy, is it hard because gee, life isn't easy. And, you know, usually you start when you're so young, you don't have to be responsible for yourself. And, no. you know, everybody's been trying to shore you up for all these years, hoping that you won't die and you'll get it. You know, I was waiting for a lightning bolt and it, it wasn't a lightning bolt. It was just a breeze. Just a breeze. Yeah, just a, a slow wind. Just a breeze. I, I guess I guess everyone, as as long as you feel that breeze, you have a chance. Right. Call 866-472-5792 with your questions or comments. When Ellen and I return on the Miracles and Recovery Radio Show. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. You know, before we went to break, we were talking uh, a little bit about hopelessness, you know, the hopeless addict or the, you know, what do you do ultimately once you get clean? Uh, Just to go back a little bit further into that, into the active addiction piece of it, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about the hopeless family versus the hopeless addict because, and we've said many a times before, we anesthetized ourselves. So we really didn't feel the hopelessness. We did, but we didn't outwardly convey it. We were running and screaming and trying to get, you know, ways and means to to get more. Robbing houses and all sorts of fun things. All all of the above. Yeah, Yeah. for me, it was a very slow process getting to the hopelessness. When I first found out, I think she had been doing it for over a year maybe longer. And, um, you know, when her boyfriend, who was also supplying her, got arrested, that's when I sort of found out the truth. And the first thing I did was, you know, I can I can handle this. I work in healthcare. I've worked in rehabs. She's got to go to rehab. They'll fix her. <laughs> and, you know, we had that little journey. And I, I actually went to my first Al-Anon meeting. But I didn't stay because they were talking about things like jail and standing outside of crack houses screaming for their kids to come out. And I just couldn't relate to that at that point. I was I was above that. And, and the disease will take you down and let you know that you're not above anything. And that was one of the things that I learned. But on, on the journey, you know, first of all, rehab didn't work. I sent her to one of the best ones in the country. I went to, I then put her in an outpatient program, expecting her to drive herself there every, I guess, I think it was three times a week. And uh-huh. she might have done it for a couple of weeks. And they called me and said, well, she's not coming. I'm like, oh, really? Well, she just left, said she was going there. No, 
I did not know that relapse is common. I didn't know that, you know, when you first get clean, it's very hard to stay clean. My assumption was, well, you know, you you got the best care in the world. You're going to be okay. And that is not how it worked at all. And I can remember reporting her missing and endangered. And she was arrested a day later. And they called me and said, well, we found your daughter. And I said, oh, where is she? Well, she's on her way to jail. I'm like, what? Yeah, right. Well, that's not what I wanted <laughs> yeah, so to do. Yeah, so the first thing I heard in Al-Anon was people talking about arrests. And that wasn't mm-hmm. going to happen to me. And it did many, many, many times. And, you know, I say to me, it didn't happen to me. It happened to her. But any time it happened to her, it happened to me. It Absolutely. hurt me. Yeah. And, you know, the farther you go into it, the more hopeless you get because they're not getting better. They're not. They're getting worse. Yeah. And they're getting worse and they're getting worse. And, you know, the thievery starts, the lying, you know, the old adage, you know, an addict will steal your wallet and help you look for it. She yeah. actually did that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question, though. You said, I mean, I know just through progressive progressive behavior around addiction that you, that you get, you know, quote, unquote, the word worse. You or your perception and your uh, fears and everything were, were compiling at the same time. So the whole situation was worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you get angry because yeah. you're scared or because you don't want them to die. And, you you know, I can remember picking up stuff in her room and throwing it at her one day because I caught her in the bathroom in my house shooting up. Uh-huh. And, it, you know, it, I didn't want to call the police because that would be another useless trip to jail. It would have been too late then anyway, though. Yeah. It, I mean, the, the longer it went on with, no, you know, multiple rehabs, multiple halfway houses, mm-hmm. multiple, you know, outpatient programs, multiple everything with no end in sight, you do become hopeless that it's ever going to change. And when I think back on that part of my life, I just, I'm so sad for that mom because I felt like it was my fault. I felt like there should be something I can do to make it better. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, there, you know... I had to just back away, and that's so hard. And the sad thing is, as you said, you felt you felt sad for that mom, which was you back then. Yes. The sad thing is, is that when your family stepped away, another one stepped in. Yes. In in the in the environment that we live in, and the and the drug culture that we embrace, there's no other way to put it than we embrace because it's right in our living rooms, it's right on our TV, it's right at our front door. Until until we change that and have something in place so that next family doesn't have to step into that madness, it's just going to keep on happening. I mean, I, I know we, we see positive positive change coming from from our government with you know promises of this and that and hopefully a lot of this stuff comes to fruition because it will help you know one of the things that always brings me back is when i read that article about funding that the states get right that massachusetts puts 90% of their funding into aftercare from detox because that's when or you really rehab, need it. because that's when you read it. Yeah. You don't need it that first five days. I mean, yeah, you do, but you don't need as intensive structure. Well, it's like you said; it's when they put them outside the door of the detox. 
and say, bye, you're done, that's when you need it. And that's when they don't get it. And that's when, you know, the first car that comes by, they jump in and go do it again. You know, when I look at it, I look at it, and I'm going to use a baseball analogy because that's the easiest one in the world to do. I'm going to use two teams. I'm going to use the Yankees and, and, and the Royals. The Yankees have the greatest fan base following, and they are the, um, they make the most money. But the owners put more than half of that money back into the team. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes the team successful. The Kansas City Royals owner buys cars and houses. How successful is that team going to be? They're not going to be as successful as the individuals that are putting money back into it. Massachusetts throws money back into the recovery environment, not the not the not the cog that gets the individuals right. there, but the wheel that keeps it going. Well, I think a lot of people are like me. I thought rehab was just the answer and that you didn't need anything after that. Yeah. You're cured. And mm-hmm. that is so not true, but you don't realize that if you yeah. don't know something about it and you don't know something about it until you live mm-hmm. it and experience it. And, you know, for me, as a family member, it was a process. I mean, did it hurt my family? Terribly, terribly. Yeah. You know, it tore things apart that could never be put back together, at least the way they were. But, you know, I had to, and I spent a lot of years in 12-step programs because those were the only people that understood what what I was living. And I can remember the the second meeting I went to was a different one than my first one, and there were a lot of people there, and they were all laughing and happy and hugging each other, and I remember thinking, I don't think I'm in the right place, because I sure as heck don't feel like laughing and hugging somebody. You know, I just wanted to sit there and cry, and a lot of people do when they first get get in that kind of situation, but I did, I did find other moms who were experiencing the same thing who were regular middle-class people like me. And, you know, they told me that I wasn't a failure as a mother, that it was a disease. I didn't I didn't believe that. I thought it was, you know, bad behavior and, right. you know, I had done something wrong. It, I truly felt as though I had done something wrong as a mother. Maybe it was because I worked the whole time and she had to go to daycare. But that's, but that's the whole guise of it because if you got in a room with people that were at that stage of your um, – process right they all would think that they did something wrong my mother 30 years prior to your daughter was thinking she did something right. wrong i mean and you it's, do. You're it's the mom. what You're... it is it's the it's the the chaotic the chaotic madness that that addiction brings oh, to it's the family and environment. you don't know what to do you know you can throw them out i did that and you know then you worry that they're going to die or they're going to go to jail or mm-hmm. you know you can let them stay in your house they lie to you steal from you fall asleep in their food you know, you can't. That <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> you, know, you say that. I, I remember being at a restaurant with my parents. They had come, came. They had come to pick me up. I wasn't at home at the time. They they brought me out to dinner, and it probably was the worst dinner that they could have ever had. I I fell asleep. You know, I nodded out. I I did everything but what a normal person is supposed to do in a restaurant, and you know that happened once. But when you said that, it just immediately yeah. brought me back to sitting at the table with the two of them um, at, at a, a restaurant down the south end called Davy's Locker. And, and I, I, it brought me right back to sitting right, right there yeah. and, and not knowing where I was at the time, but I can pull myself right back into that madness like like that. Yeah. 
Well, I have a friend who actually took pictures of her daughter when she did things like that, thinking, well, if I show her how ridiculous she looked, maybe she'll stop. But that's yeah. not how it works. You've got to, you know, they, they tell you to detach with love. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard thing to do, and I don't know that I could even explain it. But I think after a while, you get to the point where you know there's nothing at all you can do except stand by helplessly and watch or stop watching. Or to try to turn that somehow. I mean, I don't know because I'm, I've never really had to be that intensely on the other side. Um, you know, when they say, when you know, like, like uh, uh, back away with love, it's, it's love you. First and foremost, because if you don't have love for yourself, you don't you don't have the ability to be able to help anybody with anything right. else. And I think what happened when my mother ultimately made that determination was is that she had to protect herself. She had to start loving right. herself again. And that didn't mean that she didn't love me any less, but she had to concentrate on her. And I think that's what happened with you. You started concentrating on you and it all started falling back right. into place. Once you made that determination, there was a change. Well, again, it was gradual. Yeah. You know, it's not that I woke up one day and said, boom, you know, I'm over right. this. I, it didn't happen like but that. But as soon as you did, yeah. change happened. Because as soon as my mother did, I know, I, I remember the sequence. Change happened. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't enabled anymore right. by my family, change happened. And it wasn't, it wasn't for the better immediately but i but i am aware that change happened and i had to fall on a different resource right which wasn't at that time it was already burnt out you know the only people that were that kept holding me up were my family right once they let me fend for myself and stand on my own you know saturation point became very quick well you guys are pretty resourceful but um, but you run out of anger. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And, and you know, thankfully, my daughter did, but so many people haven't been blessed like that. And I feel, you know, my heart goes out to them. I cannot imagine the pain and, and the, you know, the guilt and the questions. And, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful that that didn't happen to me. Not to say that, you know, it couldn't. I know relapse happens all the time, but... Oh yeah, you know, well, yeah. I, I see a different person, a stronger person. You know, somebody who who loves her life now, and that's such a difference. You know, even from the time she was a little girl, to be able to wake up in the morning and be and be pissed that she left her pants on the floor versus yeah, that she left a dish is, in the in yeah. the sink, yeah. which I I do, but <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but I'm, what I'm saying yeah, is, is that is that the yeah the awarenesses yeah, are completely different yeah, it's, today. You yeah. know, it's kind of. I will never say normal again because I don't know that you go back to a normal from something like that. But, I, you know, I don't look over my shoulder anymore. I don't worry. I don't think she's lying to me. You know, she could mm-hmm. be, but I don't think she is um, because she doesn't need to. She's not doing right. that. You know, I, I I don't necessarily know if how I started was normal. It was, it was, and, and I don't mean, would I want to go back to that quote unquote normalcy? Absolutely not, because I don't have the awarenesses that I have today. So to go back to the the white picket fence and the and the three point two kids and the and the little poodle out in the yard after mowing through everything <laughs> and ripping it, ripping and tearing through my community. 
it, I know it's not going to happen. I know that those days are gone. Well, you know, but the world is an ugly today, place sometimes. Normal normalcy for me today is embracing who I was, what I did, and accepting the fact that I am who I am. Right. I could have been the president of the United States. Who knows if I focused and stayed on the books and. But I, I know absolutely there was no way because in third grade I was like the first kid to get suspended in my school, <laughs> you know, in my class. So I knew normalcy was not part of my equation right. then. Well, and I think that happens to a lot of kids. I think, it, yeah. and you know, and then you're kind of, you're set on the path and you don't even know it. You know, mm-hmm. people are just, people are people, people are different. And, you know, I think. The experience that the family had, all the families experienced different things too, but there are enough similarities that having a group of people who understand, some who are farther along in the process, Mm -hmm. some who have even lost their person but still keep coming, was very helpful to me at the time. Just knowing that I wasn't alone, I had somewhere to go every day where I could say this happened to me today and they all understood, they didn't think I was awful, that was a big help. And you didn't necessarily leave it there. But you shared it, right? And and you know that's that's one of the that's one of the greatest things that I learned was um, sharing who I am. Somebody will always know the space I'm in, right? You know, and and one thing one thing uh, they you know they 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 said get a sponsor. I uh, I embraced that term for many years. I I don't necessarily. Um, use the word sponsor now because I'm at a point where I just need someone there to um, reassure my, my my questions. And, and I don't really have many questions anymore about about addiction. I have a good understanding of, of how I tick. So what I do is I just I just embrace the individuals who came before me, came after me, and and I and I embrace their knowledge. Right. And, you know, don't do what I do. Don't say, well, this guy on the radio in in, uh, Florida says I don't need a sponsor. You absolutely do. You need somebody that you can lean on when you get clean. And who will call you out on your stuff, too. Yeah. Oh, they 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 still do. People still do. You know, and, and, um, you know, speaking of call, Call 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792 with your questions or comments when Ellen and I return on the Miracles and Recovery radio show. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, the Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have
have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to change the world. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Well, we're back for the last segment. This this time just flies like too quick. Once we once we start talking, it's like over. Yeah, we could talk about it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes it goes on even past the show. We're not we're not even done with. Uh, we don't even have an audience, and we're still saying we're the same still thing. Talking, yeah. There were many times when, you know, like when you were sharing about, you know, M being in an active addiction, that we we talked for hours on the phone about what we're talking about now. Right. And how to get through and how to be able to process what it is that's going on. And, and I, I, I'm sure that the phone lines are buzzing with this topic more than any else because oh, yeah. it's, it's so prevalent in our world. I mean, outside of the, outside of the, uh, the wingnuts who want to bash each other for the, for the politics that are going on, we'll talk about something that's more important. Talk about, uh, our loved ones dying. Yeah, what did saving they say? lives. Come what on. did they say? Seventy-two thousand people died of an overdose last last year. Well, there. You know, the the unofficial tally right now is one hundred and ninety-four a day. I get an email every day about you know the, the, just the story yeah, of somebody. That's only that's only people that die from an overdose. That's not right. secondary illnesses oh, or car true, accidents true, true, or. True. It's up over three hundred a day. It's 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 crazy. It's gotta be. Oh, easily, easily, probably more than that. There, because, well, I mean, how many people do we know that were found stopped on in the middle of the highway with their kids in the back, passed out? Yeah, that happens all the time too. It's just, it's a terrible. And, and, you know, I, I it, it's sad when you see that on social media. I understand the people who post that out there think they're doing something right. 
Um, but well, actually, I, a lot of the mom groups post it, too. Well, they think that, well, I mean, I... Uh, well, I think most of them are like, help, what can we do? How do we stop this? Let's throw this person under the bus. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just not, it's just not cool. You no. know, I, I, I've been in situations where people wholeheartedly want to announce, hey, guess what? No, that doesn't that doesn't solve the problem. No, it just it it that's not part of the solution. That's part of the problem. And until we embrace the individual who we're throwing out on the on Facebook because they fell asleep or they passed they you know they nodded out with their child in the back seat, that's part of the problem. Because what happens is it allows all the the boo birds yeah, to voice the their, bashers, to, the, to the voice people who their wanna, negative opinion. Well, the the shaming, the way they shame people, is is so awful, you know. And there's such talk of you know stigma now, but yeah. the stigma is not going away, because no. again, if you haven't experienced it, you are not going to know what it feels like, and you're not going to understand that my loved one is sick. Mm-hmm. They aren't doing this because they're bad people. Because, I mean, look at somebody like you. You're a good person. But I'm sure you, and I can't I imagine hope. you in active yeah. addiction, but I know how, I, I know, because I've known enough people in right. active addiction, how you had to have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get better. You can get out of that. But it takes a lot. And it, I think it takes a lot of support. And, and the shaming of these people is just horrible. But see, the, 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 thing, I, the thing I guess what I'm getting at is um, I've been clean and sober for over 30 years now. And when I was struggling, there were people that were willing to point my problem out right. and point my problem out. Those people still would be willing to point my problem out. Well, what have I done for the past 30 years? Yeah, You know, you, you, there, needs to, there needs to come a time when... We get a little more compassionate. We are not in a compassionate frame of mind with, with the world that we're in today. And that is hurtful and hateful in so many ways. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are people who say, well, he may be doing this or that, but, you know, he, he was a heroin addict. That, that's the thought process. So because of <laughs> right. what you did 30 years ago, you're never going to be a decent human being. And there are many, many people who judge like that. Right. I could... You and you and I could run for mayor of the city. You yeah. have a stellar past. I have one that's not so stellar. And I could guarantee you. Well, you wouldn't do it, but I could guarantee you that if I was going against an individual um, who had no problem being a little deviant, they would dig thirty years. Oh, yeah. they, they they do it now. Yes. You know, and and it's just not that's just not the way to be. We will never ever get better as a race of human beings as long as we keep looking into yesterday. Well, and, and judging we keep, people, right? I mean, no one should ever be judged, and you can't understand unless you've walked in that person's shoes. And if you have, then you would understand it wasn't a fun walk. No, and to have overcome that is a huge accomplishment. Huge. And people don't understand that either. And, and you know, as a family, overcoming is difficult. 
Yeah, very much so. And, you know, I don't worry about the naysayers so much anymore, but... Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, and neither do I. I don't. I don't look over my shoulder for the people who want to condemn who I was because I'm. I'm very grateful for who I am. It's just the reality of a, of the situation that if and when, the time comes, somebody always has the ability to pull that card. Right. Well, that's living in the problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, finding a job is difficult. Yeah. You. Know, you, you if you have any kind of a record, finding a job is very difficult. I mean, and not even not even through addiction. If you're a, a silly little kid and you throw a rock and break a window right. and you get you get caught, everything and anything it, that's a blemish it is you're exposed to um, negativity right. from it, and it makes it very hard to rebuild or build a life. When you got you know something that you did a long time ago that you've overcome, you you never get to overcome it, and I don't think that's fair. No. You know you you've been punished and you've done your time and whatever, but now you get out and nobody and everybody says, oh no, I'm not I'm not hiring you. That's not something to key on though, and that's not something that we need to uh, worry about. What we need to worry about is the people who are out there who are still active and dying. That's you know, true. It's the 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 bottom line is is like you said, it's it's 190. Four? 194 a day we're up to now. <laughs> Times whatever, you know, secondary illnesses and car accidents and the quota. Well, the, the secondary illnesses are pretty bad. You know, the heart problems, the infections, mm-hmm. the, you know, the diseases that you get. Uh, just it can you can go on and on and on with it. It's really terrible. Yeah, so that's so that's a false number. Right. And you know, until we can turn that number in a different direction. I mean, granted, on and after, on and after abuse, th- those those secondary numbers, we're not going to have a good turn at turning them. But the active people who are dying, overdosing on a daily basis, we we sure as hell can. I went, I went, you know, and this is something completely different from addiction. It just popped into my mind. I went, we went last. Uh, Thursday, to give a check to the Treasure Coast Food Bank, Mm -hmm. I was blown away by that operation. Blown away. They have 33,000 square feet of warehouse stocked with food that they give out to all of their partners on a daily, weekly, however however they have it. People can go, like, if you're a church and you – you're you're, you're one of their partners, you can go pick up food every single day and give it to your congregation. Why can't we do that with addiction? I was blown away by what even just Little Treasure Coast had in place. And they right. said there's 19 of those facilities all over the state of Florida. Wow. So we see people on a corner and they're begging for a dollar. And, they, you know, they, they say, I have no food. There, are, there is access to food. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a different problem than, than the food. They're using that as the guys for why they're standing there. But if we took that knowledge or projection into addiction, we'd have that better of a shot. And I don't know if, you know, some of these organizations that are setting up uh, safe um, shooting zones and all that, I don't know if that's a, that's a step in the right direction, like that, like that warehouse full of food. I think we're, we're, we're putting a carrot out there for an addict to come in to keep using to get the knowledge that they gain while they're there. Right. I mean, it's not like they're just, they're just milling around watching SpongeBob. 
and and nodding, they're getting literature. They're getting right. whether whether they're, they they're, use they're being it or not. somebody's talking to them. Right. Somebody's trying to help, and maybe you know, just maybe it seems that the message does get through those people. You know, I'd like to. I'd, I'm sure. I mean, they're brand new. You know, they're only a few years old at best, and I'd like to see uh, what the um, statistics are going to be once once they start taking them. Of how many people, you know, like the transitional. Like if like if I was going and then I got clean and then somebody else took my place and they got clean and and so on and so on and so on, what these statistics will be will show if it's a positive or a negative. I know um, it has been in other countries hugely yeah. hugely cut the addiction rate in half. Yeah, and and they attributed it solely to that. And it's been happening many years. Yes. in other countries. But you know, again, and I, we we touched on this a few weeks ago. The legality of it makes it very very difficult, because you know the drugs themselves are still illegal. So how do you have a a, a place? Mm-hmm. That's legal for people to come and you know get needles and all of that stuff and and that plus again the the shamers who don't want their tax dollars paying for that not thinking about what they're paying for Narcan and everything else. But like at, at Boston City Hospital or wherever it is that the hospital I don't think it's taxpayer money. I it think may it's not a grant. be. I think it's a grant. You know, which which ultimately, I guess, is taxpayer money somehow, unless it's unless it's privately funded by by somebody. But you, I, I can't complain that uh, Joe shit the ragman's going in there to get high on my money. Right. That's just not the reality. But again, if it if it's going to be a thing, it's going to have to be somewhat at least government sanctioned. And that makes yeah. it difficult. That makes it very, very difficult because people don't understand. They don't even want to put Narcan in the ambulances. We don't want to pay for that. No, I know. And, and, and everybody should have that. In their yes, car. yes, you know, everybody. No matter, no matter what your feeling is, you never know who you're with. You never know what, you know. You, you know you or who could, you may come across. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's very important. And, and it's, it's gaining in popularity now. But, you know, for a long time, I remember there was a, a sheriff who didn't want to even deal with the calls. Yeah, overdose Missouri calls, or something like that, right? Or, yeah, like, somewhere yeah. Up in the Midwest, yeah. I think. Yeah. Didn't even want to be bothered with it because More it was costing money. too much money. Yeah, and it's not about the money. It's about saving a life. Well, What's that life worth? Exactly. But, the, you know, the same person three or four times, you know, they might as well just, you know, I've, I've had people say that. Just let them die. They're doing it to themselves. Let them die. And it's it's not really. That's just the ignorance of Yes. It. It's not really like that. Yeah. And they probably have people that love them that would be devastated. So. Oh, and if it ultimately happened to one of their family members, they would they would be out of their minds. Where, where was the knock-in? Why wasn't the city giving me knock-in? Right. Why was it, you know, so, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a circle that we are not going to complete in this hour. We will be back next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And if you would like to call in and share your experience, strength, and hope, then dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. And with that. With Miracles in Recovery, hope is in your corner. Good night, everyone. Good night. Stay blessed. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.